It's the moment you've been waiting for. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, I know 2020 had enough dramatics in it without me adding some more here, but listen up because today I'm sharing the behind the scenes and peeling back the curtain of my business in 2020. If 2020 taught us anything, it's that everything can change and man, did it ever change. There are a few businesses out there, literally across the world, that didn't have curveballs thrown their way in the last year. There's those that have been utterly devastated, businesses like restaurants, gyms, the the tourism industry, and so many more. And even those who demand skyrocketed, for example, if you were producing hand sanitizer or plexiglass, no doubt those businesses had their own challenges too. On the whole, I'll start by saying this, I am so grateful to still be here one year later. While some of it I may be able to take personal credit for, for persevering and for making some smart pivots, but I also want to acknowledge that many businesses have had a very challenging year and may not still be here, and that's not because of anything that they did or didn't do. If that's you, if that's your business, your industry, your revenue streams, if they were destroyed or severely impacted, I want to let you know I honor you and I see you. In this episode, I'm going to talk about what things look like in my business, and I 100% acknowledge that it is a privilege that I still get to be here and I get to record this. 2020 was a year that entire revenue streams dried up in my business with no notice. It was the year we lost our childcare again and again and really struggled, honestly, to find the balance as working entrepreneurial parents. If you want to hear about more of the personal stuff of what my 2020 looked like, go listen to episode 43 for all the ups and downs in my life. You're going to hear about us losing half a million dollars, me getting voted off my strata council, and how I can still smile and be okay with all the failures in between. Like you, my friend, 2020 held a lot of hard stuff and also a lot of good. In this episode, I'm focusing in on the good and the bad in my business. Listen in and you're going to hear what I did when an entire revenue stream in my business dried up. It might inspire you and prove that you can make it work too, even when the worst case scenario happens. You'll hear why I considered quitting pretty much everything at one point or another and how I came to the decision to keep going and what I decided to keep and why. You'll remember that we all have those moments. I'm also sharing the things I did to help make 2020 the best year in my business, including outsourcing, growing my membership, and even launching a new product. You're going to hear the mistakes that I made, a whole lot of them, and I really hope that I can help you to avoid to make the same ones. And you're going to hear the things that I'm still navigating and figuring it out because I'll be the first to tell you, I do not have it all figured out. This is a great episode for you to grab your notebook, a cup of tea, maybe a glass of champs, and hopefully we can laugh, cry, and reminisce together from a year that is truly unforgettable. And promise me right here, right now, not to make the same mistakes, okay? As my three-year-old daughter, daughter Sonoma says, let's pinky swear. So, all right, Golden Girl, let's pinky swear and let's chat. Welcome to the Golden Girls podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. 
Welcome to this episode, The Ups and Downs of My Business in 2020. One of the missions behind Golden Girls Podcast is to put a mic, literally, to the things that we don't often talk about in general conversation. Of course, we have a whole library of other episodes, uh, 46 or 47 and counting, and we've got some more juicy ones coming up. But today, we are talking about money, business, successes, and failures, and not in the general sense. This is specific to my business, the things that went well and didn't in 2020. Before I spill all the tea on this, I want to do a shout out to TDL1970, one of our listeners from the United States. Here's what she says. I'm assuming it's a sheet, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> um, she says, mega inspiration. Lisa's energy is beyond inspiring. Her nice girl next door demeanor makes you feel like you are pals with her. Her messages are clear, easy to understand, and makes me feel very empowered, like she knows exactly what I'm struggling with and gets it. She is the breath of fresh air I specifically need right now to bake through my limiting beliefs and take action on some scary and exciting new goals this year. This is one of two podcasts only in my life out of choice. I will be listening to every single one during my commute to and from work and when I'm putting away laundry. Love, Lisa. Well, TDL, I love you too. Thank you so much for leaving this review. I really appreciate this. And you know what? Wherever you are listening from, from anywhere in the world, no matter who you are, we are pals. That's one of the things I love the most about this podcast is that we get to build these relationships together. So uh, I'm so excited for you with your scary and exciting new goals. And uh, thanks for bringing me along on your commute and doing the laundry. And thank you for leaving a review. Every episode, we love to do a listener shout out or a shout out to someone in our community or mastermind. So if you're not in our community or mastermind, the way to get a shout out is to go to your Apple podcast app, scroll down to the bottom in Golden Girls podcast and leave a written review. I would love to give you a shout out. And thank you so much for all of you guys who have done that. You help us continue to grow and expand and reach more people and more pals from around the world. All right, let's dive into things that did not work well in 2020 in my business. First thing, it's almost laughable, but my goal in 2020 was to grow my speaking business. I had some clarity in February, March, and I realized, you know, what I really love to do is talk. I mean, spoiler alert, hello, I have a podcast. Um, And so in March, at the very beginning, when Sonoma finally went back to daycare after a whole other mess, I decided on my goal, and it was to step into my power from speaking. It was to really build a sustainable speaking pipeline in business. Then, you guys all know how that went, on March 12th, everything changed. All the speaking engagements I had in the pipeline dried up. Everyone I'd been talking to, events I'd been working on signing up for uh, and signing up with, they were canceled. And many of them still have yet to recover. And of course, I became a full-time stay-at-home mom again. This is a great example of a goal and not working out, and it happens to be a business one. And honestly, this is such, this, this is life. This is what happens. Things, we set goals, we set intentions, and sometimes they don't work out. And the worst thing that you can do, and I think honestly what takes down 90% of people, is that then we think, oh, it must not be meant for me, or I can't do it, or I can't figure it out, or I may as well just give up. Here's what I did instead. And this is what I, I'm going to encourage you to do instead as well. I want you to focus on how you want to feel, why that goal matters, why you wanted to do that goal in the first place. How did, how was it going to, what was it going to do for you? So for me, I wanted to speak not because I necessarily wanted to be on a stage or it wasn't about money or anything like that. It was because I know that when I speak, when I deliver the kind of content that I love to do and when I'm in the right audience, I, I feel inspiring. I feel excited. I feel connected, alive and confident. And so what I did is th- thought about that. That That's how I want to feel. And then I asked, how can I do that in a different way? 
because, you know, at some point I hope that we'll be back on stages. I hope events will come back and I really believe they will. But what can I do now? So what I did, one of the things right away is I created more podcast episodes and did it more consistently and I'm still doing that because it's still me speaking. It's still me feeling connected. It's still me feeling alive and confident, all these fun things. I added way more live calls to our 2020 mastermind and again to 2021 because I wanted that connection. I wanted to be with people. I added more live support and connection in Golden Girls community. It used to be a lot of pre-recorded stuff and now we do everything live because I knew I wanted to be inspiring and excited and connected and this was my way to do it. And I'll talk about this a little more later, but I even did paid live virtual workshops and they were amazing. I stopped waiting to, for, you know, events to come back, which I would still be waiting. And I decided, okay, how can I do what I want to do? How can I still do it in a different way? And I found lots of ways of doing that. And I know that when I am ready to grow my speaking business, when events do come back, that's going to be so much easier because I have even more experience under my belt. I've created more connections. And even if, even if it doesn't come back for a while, I'm okay because I'm having fun. I'm doing the things I want to be doing. Um, and so even though the goal didn't work out in the traditional sense, I'm still having a blast doing it. One of the other things that did not work well, and this is kind of something that I probably did years before, but it really came to a head in 2020, and it's that I scaled too fast, or I should say created too many scalable things without any help. I had Golden Girls Mastermind, which was a group group uh, offering, group coaching program. I had Golden Girls Community, which was another group uh, group program, and I had Golden Girls Podcast. And all these things are great because the mastermind, I can it's one to many. The community is one to even more. The podcast is infinite, the amount of people that I can impact. But I was doing this all on my own. I was doing this plus our real estate business and being a mom, a strata council member, et cetera, all these, all the things, all the hats. So I scaled the I scaled my systems, or I guess I scale, I created these scalable items, but I didn't even have time to market them or to take on new clients. I barely had time to even operate them and do a great job of this. So this was a huge lesson for me is to get help or don't scale yet, but pick one of those things. I do believe scaling is great. It's an amazing way. All of these things, community, mastermind, podcast, they're all ways for me to disconnect straight time, trading time for money and be able to impact more people, help more people without always being attached to my keyboard or computer. But the truth is I actually did this probably too, a bit too soon without any help. And so it resulted me in me having the exact opposite. I was always tied to my computer. I was always having to be available. I was always having to create versus getting to really do the things that I love to do. So what I can say is hire, 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 outsource, outsource, outsource. That really changed my life and I'll talk about it more. Um, but I think that's a big thing. Before you can create scalable things, make sure you have help to do that. Otherwise, you're still going to be tied. And in fact, you might even be making less money because you're so busy doing the things to keep the scalable things going that you don't even have time to market or find more people to impact. All right. This is kind of a bit of a blur with like business and personal, but it, and you probably can relate to this too if you have kids, but something that didn't work was trying to do a lot, trying really trying to do anything with Sonoma around. I know all parents struggled with this in 2020 and I'm still having challenges and you might be too in 2021. Between COVID and sickness and daycare closures and the real, real lack of a support network that were, is accessible to us, we are not even able to hire nannies on call, which we used to do. It was hard in 2020 and it continues to be. It continues to be consistent an issue where I don't know when I'm going to have to be a mom again. And I share this very openly, very honestly, that I, I don't have a solution for this. I am still trying to navigate it for myself. Um, 
And I wonder sometimes, I wonder what is, what is the bigger picture here? And I think at some point in my life, this will all turn around and I'll be able to come back and maybe advocate for something around childcare or community, or maybe I just have greater compassion. I don't know what it is, but there's, there's some lesson in here, I'm sure. What the thing is that I can do some things when cinema's around. Maybe it's the same thing for you. Like when we're at a park, I can be on a quick call. I can reply to a few DMs. But a lot of the work that I do, and I think especially as, as we grow, a lot of things that we do require concentration and strategy and to be focused. For example, drafting and scripting podcasts and then recording them. I, I can't be coming in and out. It's a disaster. It takes 10 times longer to edit and, and wonder what the heck I'm saying. Live videos is really hard to do when there's a kid around. I've done it before. You've, maybe I've seen her bear bomb on Facebook before because it, it's happened, but it's really, really, really challenging. It's not something I consistently want to do. Coaching, when people are paying me for their time, they're paying me to be there with them, be present, and I owe that to them. Creating content for our mastermind, for our community, creating um, processes, delegating for our team, lots of writing. I do so much writing for social media captions and PR pitches and emails to our community, emails to our list. All this stuff takes concentration and focus. And it's very hard to do with a kid around, especially, it's hard to do with anybody around, but especially a a two and three-year-old. So I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, but I think I just wanted to be honest with you about what I've been navigating and exploring and figuring out what that right balance is for me between doing the things that I love to do in my work and being present with her because I love her too. Some days I feel like I'm nailing it and I'm doing great and others I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I either I'm never going to get to work and it sucks and I wish I could contribute and do the things that I love to do. And on other days, I feel like I'm missing out on my kid's childhood and I wish I could do better. And that really hits me right in the heart. I don't have the answer. Still figuring it out. Um, But I just want to share that with you in case you can relate, in case you also are navigating what that balance is for you uh, in a time where (laughs) there's not a lot of options for us to get help to figure that out. So I see you. I hope that by the time I record this in another year, uh, there'll be better support systems and I'll be just better at navigating this and know, know what the right balance is for me and be able, be able to live that every day. Uh, let's talk about more business failures. So I did a double launch at the start of 2020, which means I launched the community and the mastermind at the same time and it didn't work very well at all. There's a lot of things I can contribute here and it's always, it's always hard to really know exactly what it was, but I honestly think one of the, some of the biggest things were, number one, I got really sick and Sonoma got really sick and we ended up actually being in clinics, having to do tests with her. It was very stressful and I wasn't able to, to do any work because she was so sick. I also, I'm a procrastinator. All right, let me say this. I'm a last minute person and it works really well for me a lot of the time. It doesn't work well in situations like this when I didn't have my pre-launch stuff ready and therefore when I couldn't work and I couldn't produce the content to get the word out there around our community and our mastermind, well, I couldn't work and so neither did my launch. I didn't give it enough time. And so the result of this is that no one knew joined my mastermind last year. Uh, I will say this, my alumni came back, which was amazing, and I'm so grateful for them. But I'd really hope to reach to reach new people as well and to continue to expand and grow. And it, it didn't. It actually went backwards. I attracted and had less people than the year before, which felt like a step back. Um, and I'll say when it came time to then reevaluate my mastermind for this year, I was really, really scared. I felt like I almost had a form of PTSD, some sort of 
um, I've, I've actually heard other people say this too, like it was almost like a launch trauma. It was as if my body, my brain was trying to protect me. And so I was struggling to ever want to do a launch again, especially launching the mastermind. And what I've learned in the process is that launch trauma is something I think a lot of people have gone through. It's normal that our brain, it tries to protect us from things that hurt. And that, that hurt. That was awful. I didn't, didn't fully re- even realize how much it impacted me. And so, now I've learned to move through it. I've been able to look at the lessons to allow myself to feel those tough times and intentionally make changes. And so I made made quite a few changes. I extended the time period to and had almost a two eh, six to eight week launch six to eight weeks launch last year. I focused on one launch at a time, so I could do a really good job of that in supporting our, our community. I launched in December instead of January, which I think made just a difference. And I raised the price and all these things led to our most successful mastermind launch ever here at the end of 2020 and beginning of 2021. So really cool, but it was, it was tough for sure. So the double launch, not being ready, um, not giving myself enough time. These were all things that I learned. And when I made those changes, when I did a better job of it, uh, it was a completely different experience. So I can't remember who says it, but if, there's a quote out there. You can probably Google it. Um, if you don't win, you learn. And that that's what I would say. I didn't win and so I learned. And it's amazing what happened when I was able to implement those changes. made a really big difference. Okay, the last thing that didn't go well is we had a real estate deal go very sideways near the end of 2020. Uh, we are still trying to pull it together. It could result in a big financial loss in the present and definitely in the future because it would, was a deal that we really wanted. It was something that would have helped us forever. And what I'm really proud of us for is to be able to look at this from a learning opportunity. And instead of seeing this big loss as, you know, a mistake and, ex- oh my gosh, what we do, we're looking at it as an investment that we've learned these things and it will continue to pay us in the future. So Troy and I are going to share more about this and some of the other things in our upcoming episode of Golden Girls Podcast, so stay tuned on that. But just in full transparency, I want to say, yeah, there's a lot of things that did not work. Let's switch gears here and let's talk about what did work. I literally just want to open up and make like the heavens part ways because one of the best things was hiring a virtual assistant and getting way better processes. So shout out to Angela, you rock, you were, you were my rock in 2020. Uh, and now we have Roxanne who started with us more recently, who's been helping out lots too. So if you guys are listening, you're amazing and shout out to you. And in our team, we've then now created some great processes. So we're using Asana to track most of our tasks. I'm not perfect, but most of it. Um, and Slack to communicate. And those have been game changers for us. I'll also say we've been creating SOPs. And here's the secret here. If you're listening and thinking, well, oh, by the way, SOP stands for standing operating procedures. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I can't outsource because I need to teach somebody to do that. And I don't have processes, so I can't outsource. Trust me, you already do. You already have processes. Everything you're doing, you already have a process for. Chances are you just haven't documented yet. And one of the things that's made this super easy for us to do is a tool called Searchy. Uh, I'm going to link to it below in the show notes. Searchy is a platform we use both in our members-only areas for our community and for our mastermind. We it allow we upload all our videos and even audio in there, and it transcribes everything for us and also allows our clients to search 
the videos for what they're looking for. So for example, if they know they were talking about, um, or we, we talked about, for example, um, workout habits and tips around that as a, for example, they can actually search the platform and it'll take them to exactly where in what video we talked about that. So it's a, it's, it's just amazing. Anyways, <laughs> back to our team. We use this, we use Searchy for our SOPs. So I can record my screen. I can talk through it and explain what I'm doing in this video and what the process is that we're creating. And then my team can actually go and look and search for that video and find it and find the process at any time. And it's just been, it's been game changing. So if you want to check it out, uh, it is definitely an investment, but it's one that I see as so powerful for both, uh, the external for my customers and how we're supporting them and also our internal team. And it saves us a ton of money. Oh, and the podcast transcripts that you see, if you're ever wondering, there's transcripts for all the podcasts on our website, lisamishow.com slash podcast. Uh, that's all done by Searchy as well. Automatically, it's brilliant. Talking about podcasts, one of the best things I did was getting podcast support. Guess how long it takes to create one podcast episode? Most people estimate maybe two or three hours. I'm going to say guess again. It is closer to eight to 10 hours, maybe even more sometimes from start to finish. Between the initial research, scripting, keyword research, drafting titles, recording, editing, ID3 digs, show notes, uploading to Libsyn, creating social media posts, creating graphics, communicating with guests, and sharing the episode with you, it's literally an entire workday or more for each and every episode. And let me tell you this, like, I love this, but for perspective here, if a podcast episode takes me eight to 10 hours, that's 20% of a full work week to just get an episode out. And that's not helping clients. That's not creating content for our programs or our marketing or any of the other stuff that goes into running a business. And there's a lot. In April last year, I was talking to my coach, completely exacerbated. I didn't think I could afford help, but as a full-time mom and no childcare and running both the mastermind and the community and our real estate business, my coach had a come to Jesus moment with me. She was shocked that I was doing it all myself and quickly made me see that this was unsustainable and just dumb. Frankly, it was dumb. So shortly after, I was able to get podcast support. So Ashley, thank you so much to you. You're amazing. We're going to link to Ashley below as well in the show notes. Um, and let me tell you, this has made a huge difference in the amount of episodes I've been getting out. I'm no longer overwhelmed and I get to do mostly what I love to do with the podcast. And I think it really shows. We've been more consistent than ever. We've hit over 8,000 downloads and we're on track for our biggest month ever here in April 2021 as I record this. Thank you, by the way, so much to you too. The best part about all of this is getting your messages and reading your awesome reviews. It is so humbling hearing from you and knowing what you want to hear, how something that I've shared or one of our guests has shared that made a difference for you in your life. So thank you. Please keep listening, keep sharing with your friends, message me if something helped, and please help us by leaving a review. I've got to plug that in anywhere I can. Okay, this is totally nerdy, but uh, 2020 was the first year we were on top of our bookkeeping. Most of the time, we're scrambling at our year end, uh, which is six months past our year end, trying to get everything ready for our taxes, and it takes us weeks, and it's just a gong show. So last year was the first time every quarter we were on top of it. Go us. This is definitely, thank you to Troy. Thank you for pushing me, my love. Uh, we've been taking time every month or two and clearing the transactions. And it only takes about an hour or two, but then it's done. There's none of the hunting stuff down a year later or 18 months later and taking literally weeks to do it. So this is just way, way, way better. And we have a better sense of our cash flow too. So Troy, I'm a convert. We're doing it. We're on top of our bookkeeping. And I'm also going to tell you, I've also started outsourcing this again, because now that I've started outsourcing, it's addicting. It feels so good to delegate and so good to get support and help. Um, but at least we're on top of it. We know it's happening. It's a good, it's a good thing. 
Okay, a lot of the successes that I'm going to share with you coming up here come from me setting 100-day goals. I did a good job of this in 2020, and I got to tell you, I'm really onto something with this 100-day goal thing, and I, if you haven't tried it yet, this is your chance. If you don't know, I'm an advocate for 100-day goals, picking one focus, 100 days, and giving yourself momentum and, and results. You get results when you focus on one thing. One of the aspects that I encourage people to do is to write a letter to yourself in 100 days from now. What does it feel like to have your goal? What's changed? What's going on in your life? What have you created? And I'm going to tell you, um, the focus has, I've been really good at setting the goals. The letter is one that I was a little skeptical on, even sometimes, even though I created it and I know the science proves visualization is powerful, still felt a little woo for me. But I did it for my last 100-day goal. And, sorry, the last two, I should say. And oh my gosh, it has been so powerful for me. And it really has picked me up on tough days. So I got to say, do the 100-day letter. Give it a go. Uh, I'll link below to you in the show notes, lisamishow.com slash 100. You can get our free 100-day goal-getting guide. Um, and, and you can do this for yourself. But honestly, I was a little skeptical, but it's been game-changing as I've been more consistent with doing the letter. And I'm like, yes, okay. So I believe it. Give it a try. Uh, one of the outcomes of my 100-day goal was releasing the 100-day goal-getter planner and journal. In this, I'm so proud of because it was something I wanted to do for two years, but there was always something else to do, always something else coming up. When I finally set it as a 100-day goal, when I put my nose down, it was done and it was out there. This planner for me was so important to put out there because I see all the time, and myself included, I see so many women trying to do all the things and it it doesn't work and it doesn't work. So often, we also end up sacrificing self-care at the expense of our goals, and we end up burnt out, unhappy, and we feel like we failed because we're not taken care of and we didn't achieve the thing that we set out to do. The planners that I was using, a lot of the time, they were either so big picture and they were all fluff, even if they were pretty, or they were so cumbersome, they felt like it was a second job to fill them out. Maybe you can relate to this. I also found a lot of planners required you to do it daily, and I kept hearing from a lot of women when they were dated that... (laughs) You had like a full shelf of empty planners sitting there just collecting guilt and dust. So I wanted to change that. And that's that's why I'm so proud of the planner. And I'm totally going to do a little shameless plug here because it's my podcast and I actually think it's really powerful. But let me also say this. You know, you can literally go get the 100-day goal. uh, You can go get the free 100-day goal guide. Um, It'll get you started. But the planner is different because it allows you to, number one, create focus and momentum on one goal and keep you going for 100 days. The other thing that's really powerful about it, that's unique about it, is that it helps you to balance all the hats and the roles you wear in your life without sacrificing you. I know that you do a lot and self-care can be so tough to squeeze in. And I think that's one of the best things is that this planner helps bring you and your ability to thrive to the forefront without sacrificing your health, your family, your career, or your sanity. The other thing, and I kind of already talked about this, but... I really believe in combining the power of both your left brain or your right brain, or I call it the woo and the do. These two things together is how it really helps you take action. I know that you are multi-passionate and you're a mix of both creative and logical, so why shouldn't your planner be too? In the planner, we've created ways to harness the power of your emotions and visualization, like for example, the 100-day letter, scientifically proven stuff, along with practical tools and methodology so that you can gain momentum, take action, and keep going. The other thing I love about the planner is that it steps you back to see the big picture, like, okay, where am I going in the next 100 days? And then it also helps you take the step-by-step to actually achieve your goal. It helps you break down things weekly and monthly and daily, and it gives you the structure so you can keep taking action and in less than five minutes a day. So it's not like another job. 
Uh, and last thing, let's be real here. Life happens. COVID happens. You get sick. Something comes up or you take a vacation. And because the planner is undated, it's easy to come back up, pick back up and keep going. So there's no more planner guilt and you can feel confident in your investments. So I am biased. Okay. But there is proof in the pudding with my life, with my goals and with our clients. I believe that the 100 Day Goal Getter Journal and Planner is the perfect gift for yourself or any driven, motivated women in your life. So I'm going to drop the link in the show notes, lisamichaud.com slash planners, um, and go grab a copy for yourself, for your friends, for your family team, and give it a try. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Okay. One more thing I did. Oh, no. There's, there's a few more here. Uh, in 2020, I raised my prices. And of course, I was a little skeptical of doing this because we're in the middle of a pandemic, but it was one of the best things I did. In the beginning when I started my business, I really think I didn't trust myself enough and I wanted to make sure that I could just blow people away, especially with Golden Girls community. I thought if the price was low enough, people would stick around and maybe they wouldn't notice the charges and they would just, they would feel like there was such a value here, they would never leave. But the downside to that was some of my prices were so low that people didn't care and they didn't show up. And what I've learned is this, that I'd rather have people cancel because they aren't showing up and the payment is too high than people that keep paying and don't show up and do the work. I would rather have people show up to dream big and to invest in themselves, step outside their comfort zones, and create the change they want in their life than to have people who can afford it but don't show up and don't get the results. So every year, at least once or twice a year, I'm going to keep raising my prices. Let me say this too. I'm not just raising my prices and doing the same. I'm. We are also adding value all the time. We're constantly improving. We're adding support. We're adding. We're showing up better. Um, we've done. We're we're adding more value in the way that is meaningful for you guys. Golden Girls Mastermind. We made it a six month program. It started out as like a three month and then four month, and now we've gone up to six. And we've revamped the content, and everything is better. And raising my prices, being able to add this level of value is a huge energy shift for me, for my business, and most of all, for you and for my clients. I've also been really transparent about this and telling people and telling you that the best time to buy is now, that these things that we're we're not on sale, we are in the business of helping you change your life. And that doesn't happen by you waiting for a sale or waiting for a better price. Here's the last thing I'll say on this, and this is important. Raising my prices has changed my energy. And ironically, it makes me way more generous. It makes me more generous with my team, with my clients, with my time. It makes me generous to, to send gifts and be generous to donate and investing, literally everything. And I love being generous. I love feeling abundant. I love this. And I believe everyone deserves to feel this way. So I'm going to continue to help us all to do that. So if you're with me here, raise your prices, my friend, and I will happily pay your higher prices too. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the mastermind here. So I I just about quit like everything. The mastermind at one point, the community, uh, the whole business. Um, and the mastermind really, I'm so glad that I didn't. The only reason I would say I started to consider doing it again is because last summer I started to have people asking, do you have a mastermind or are you running it? And when is it starting? And so I thought, okay, people are obviously interested. What can I do? So I took some time. I did some market research. I had conversations with people. I did a very soft launch with no pressure, nothing aggressive that felt icky. I did a nine-word email that got lots of responses. I changed the format to six months based on some of the research that I did, and I had affiliates for the first time ever. And all these things, giving myself different timelines, taking the pressure off, um, made it for the best mastermind we've ever done. And we're, we've actually ha- already started pre-selling for the one we're going to run in, in June this year. So if you're interested, by the way, send me a message. We'll get you on the list. Um, but I'm just so glad we didn't give up and that we persevered. 
workshops. Uh, remember I told you I was sad about not speaking? Well, I decided I wasn't going to let other people tell me about stages. So I created our, we created our own. We did it on a whim. Uh, we hosted two live workshops last year and in 2021, we've already done a few and it's an absolute blast. I'm still getting messages from people who are getting results. Uh, Laura launched her course. Dunya created her coloring book. Other clients started businesses, took leaves, like amazing stuff. And it was a lot of fun and just a great example of, I hate to use the word pivot again, but really like just a change, something that I probably never would have considered before that is going to be a continued staple in our business. Let's talk about Golden Girls Community, by the way. And I almost, I almost stopped it all together and I'm glad I didn't for two reasons. Maybe, maybe a couple, maybe three. Uh, first of all, I now understand the purpose of it, which I think I didn't fully understand before. I love speaking. I love workshops. I love podcasts. And I thought that that was enough. But what I realized in 2020 more than ever is that it's not enough. Real change takes time. Going to a workshop, seeing a post, a live event, that's all good. But momentum is what makes a difference and consistency makes a difference. Golden Girls community helps people get consistent and helps them make a difference continuously. It's not about what you do once. It's about what you do consistently. And a membership like Golden Girls Community helps you to be consistent. And that's what I want people to do. I want to help people. And so this is the way to do that. Now, I'm not saying this is a shameless plug for Golden Girls Community, although it kind of (laughs) is. But that's the truth, that if I want to help people, I've got to give them the tools to do it. And consistency is the key. I have to say, Golden Girls Community has also been such a lifeline for me personally in many ways in the last year. One of the biggest things I would say is that it's really kept me connected to incredible women and to my purpose. Anytime I hop on a call or coaching or virtual co-working or I pop into the Facebook group, I'm always so, so, so humbled and grateful to be connected to and get to support such amazing humans. If you are in our community, I just want to say thank you. I love you. You've been so inspiring and been such a foundation and a rock for me in the last year. Um, and I hope, I hope that we've been able to do the same for you too. And just, just thank you. You're awesome. I also want to say from a business perspective and from a revenue perspective, it's probably impossible for me to overstate how powerful it's been. <laughs> I think I'm using that right. I don't think I could overemphasize. I don't think I could. I probably won't be able to even do it justice, what a difference has been. And I'll be honest, it it's not a highly profitable venture at this point. I still have some growing to do. We still have some learning and tweaking, but it is consistent and it makes an impact. I am loving it. I enjoy everybody in there so much and it's a really fun, exciting challenge. On top of that, it also pays for most of my base business expenses, which means that it makes my business much easier, more fun, less stressful. I get to do the things that I love to do and that I'm the best at. So a heck of a lot of good things. You may have heard before the statistic, and I couldn't actually find where this comes from, but it feels right. Um, most millionaires have at least seven different revenue streams. And let me tell you, a few of those last year were very threatened for us, including our real estate, uh, Troy's job, my speaking. Like a lot of them were, were, they were under threat and it was definitely scary, but we were also so grateful that we had other revenue streams that we could lean on, lean into, levers we could pull. And one of those revenue streams is my membership. It's Golden Girls Community. So if you've are interested in financial freedom, if you're interested in having a business that is easier, that is more fun, that is less stressful, all the things that my membership has allowed me to do, if you ever thought about creating a subscription-based business or adding recurring revenue stream to your life, or maybe you're growing what you've already got going on, I highly recommend you check out episode 46 with Stu McLaren. 
Stu is the guy when it comes to memberships and just go listen. The feedback we're getting already is incredible with the episode. He's a good human and has lots of wisdom. Uh, if you're listening in April 2021, Stu hosts a free live workshop series once a year, uh, how to take what you know, love, and do and turn it into a highly profitable membership. So you do not want to miss that. The link is going to be in the bio or you can go to lisamishow.com slash tribe. I highly encourage you to join in, be a part of this. And a little heads up, um, if you're listening after the workshop is live, you will get access to the days that have already gone live. And if his workshop is over, then I'm going to switch that over so you're going to get access to his webinar and his course. And if you're listening way off in the future, you know, of course, thank you. Still love that. Um, but we'll, we're going to have it go to either a free guide for you or the wait list. But make sure you sign up so that you're notified when he reopens registration. Because if you are someone who wants recurring revenue, if you want to become a millionaire or a multimillionaire, you want to have these different revenue streams, a membership is such a powerful way to do this. And his his course, his live workshop series, it only happens once a year. I don't want you to miss out. So go listen to episode 46. Go check out Stu's free workshop, lisamishow.com slash tribe. Uh, oh, one last thing. If you sign up for the workshop as a special bonus, I put together an exclusive three-week mastermind and pop-up Facebook group. So uh, all you have to do is when you get your confirmation email from Stu, send an email to tribe at lisamichelle.com and we're going to send you a link for the Facebook group. You're going to get access to the mastermind calls. And in the group, I'm going to answer any questions you have, help you brainstorm ideas for your membership, and we're all going to cheer you on as you get started and create those multiple revenue streams. Uh I'll put all the links in the show notes. That was a lot. But uh, I'm just, that's something that I'm really passionate about. Both, I mean, one from the impact it made for my community. Another one of just how much it really meant to me to have those personal connections. And then from a business revenue perspective, can't tell you enough how much memberships have really transformed my business and my life. Okay, before we close off, I'm going to switch gears here for a minute. And again, stay tuned. Very In the next couple of weeks, Troy and I are going to release an episode on our real estate business and how we went from nine rental doors to 33 in 12 months. At a high level though, here are three things that worked really well for us and helped us and I believe translate to any business. So with our real estate, number one thing that we did, I think that worked really well, is that we recommitted to our vision and got clarity on our, on where we're going. And what we decided to do was that we wanted to expand. We had nine doors when we started in January, 2020, and we were kind of stuck. We were able to find a way and we got ourselves to 22 doors, but then we had no idea how to expand. A lot of people, us included, reach a ceiling. And this is what we had do. We had, we had done. We reached a ceiling because we needed financing to grow our business and we couldn't get it. We were really good. We knew how to go from one door to four to 22, but we didn't know how to go to from 22 doors to 100 or to 500 or 1,000. At that point, we really had to decide, were we going to stay with 22 doors, which still would have been amazing, still was a great accomplishment, something we were proud of and something that we loved and something that we knew was going to serve us in the future, or did we want to continue to grow? And if we did, why? For the sake of what? And this is, you know, I'll tell you, when I first started uh, in real estate, before we even had, actually, before we even had any real estate, when I was just envisioning it, I was like, oh, one day, wouldn't it be cool to have a hundred doors? And that was definitely an ego. That was like, oh, it would just be great to say we have this number of doors, but without really understanding the what or the why of it. And this is something we had to challenge ourselves too. Like, why, why do we want to grow? Do we want to grow? And what would we be giving up and what would we be getting? Is it that we want something to pass on as a legacy? Is it because we love the process of being landlords? This is the big question. And I'm really happy to say that we have this figured out. 
We closed off December 2020 with 28 doors. And now we have 33 and we're still continuing to expand and we're really, we're, we're enjoying it. We're having fun. We're proud. We're so happy. Um, and because we're so clear on our vision, everything becomes easier. We can analyze deals quickly, opportunities quickly, markets faster. We know what we're doing. We're all pulling in the same direction. And that's, I believe, a big part of the reason why it's expanded so quickly. So um, I'm talking specifically about real estate here, but honestly, this applies to any business. When you're clear on your mission, when you're clear on what you do and what you offer and why you're doing what you're doing, it becomes so easy to analyze and be able to say yes to the right things and no to the things that are just no's. Second thing we did, I think that's really good, we work together with our strengths. And it's something I'm working on doing even more of in our in our other team. Or my greater team, I guess I should say. But Troy and I are both very different people. And I think something that's really important is to become comfortable with each other's strengths. And that's an important part of what has worked well for us. We've also had a lot of fun working together. I've heard a lot of horror stories about couples who work together. But so far, it's going really well. And I think the biggest thing is that we know what Troy's zone of genius is. And we know what mine is. And we've been able to fill in the gaps of what things are not our zone of genius and to defer to each other for the things that that we need to. Um, I would say the hardest part, honestly, is turning it off at dinner, turning it off during date nights and in bed because we're enjoying ourselves so much. And I'm okay with that being our biggest problem. So I would say, I think so much of in my corporate life, there was a lot of emphasis on filling in the gaps or trying to become better at your weaknesses. And I just don't believe that that's the right strategy. There's a lot of research around this too, strengths, uh, strengths finder. Um, if you want to Google that, look that up. There's some really cool stuff there, but I really think being able to lean on our strengths and we're going to continue to do this in, in all of our businesses is, is a game changer. So I would say that for you too. Don't worry about the things that you're not good at. Find someone who can, who is good at those things. Uh, another great book on the resource on this is the book, Who Not How. Look at that. Um, and I think that we've done a great job of doing that and we're going to continue to do it. The last thing I will say that we did really well in our real estate business is we invested in a mentor. As I mentioned, we were stuck. We had no idea how we could ever go from 22 doors to 200 doors. We knew we needed help. And so we invested in mentorship. We invested financially and with a lot of time. We did the work. We did probably hundreds of hours of training and learning. And now we know. We understand. We know what we're doing. And we're building systems to support us in our growth. Working with our mentors, it was... There was really twofold. I mean, it was great to actually learn the hows and the whats and all that, but it also expanded our energy and we are so revitalized in our vision. And we're even now working with external investors and that's been so powerful and just amazing. So I think it was really, I mean, we had to first of all figure out that yes, we actually do want to grow and drop our, drop the ego out of it. And then we also had to drop even more ego out of it to say, okay, but we don't know how. And we need to invest in someone who can teach us and show us how to do this. So I'd say the same thing for you with your business. If it's something that you don't know how to do it, or if you need support, you need extra accountability to work with a coach, to work with a mentor, to get the support that you need. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and in fact, it's been powerful, revitalizing, and it's allowed us to expand oh, so, so much. So those are the things I'm going to say, but I can't, there's so much more we're going to talk about with real estate. So make sure you check out that episode. Keep your eyes open. If you haven't, this is a good reminder to subscribe to Golden Girls Podcast. So hit subscribe to make sure you get notified of all of our emails um, and sign up for our email list too. So we'll, we'll let you know when new podcast episodes drop. Okay, I'm going to end on probably the biggest aha for me in 2020. And this was... <laughs> You ready? I feel like I need a drum roll. Can we make a drum roll happen? I don't have, we're not into that, that yet. But, um, 
here's, here's the biggest thing that I learned. It was recognizing that anything good, to build anything good, takes time to grow. Maybe you can relate to this. When I started my business, when I thought I would throw up a website and be making six figures within the first few months, and perhaps that's the case for some people, but for my business, it was not. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of things that I could have done differently that I do believe would have helped me grow faster. Outsourcing. Focus. (laughs) But big things really do take time. There is no such thing as an overnight success. And even the people who look like an overnight success are years in the making. I look at some of the people that I respect in 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 the the world. You know, Oprah, um, Sunny Leonard Doozy, The Bird's Papaya, Jillian Harris, you know, all these people, if it looks like they just came out of nowhere. But when you do the research and see, nobody is an overnight success. The Bird's Papaya was has been blogging now for 12 years and it took 10 years before she was able to quit her full-time job. And now she's making more than her money, more, more money than her husband, which is awesome. So go, go Sarah, go. We love you. Um, but it always shocks me when I actually do the research, ask the questions to find out how long it takes people. There are very few people in their twenties and thirties that quote, ha- have it all, like the, the business and the, the vacation properties and the home and the family and the, the charity and all those things. Like it takes decades to get to all those things. And though, by the way, those are just some of the things that I'm projecting onto you. I'm just saying these are some of the things that might be a part of your definition of having it all. But the truth is it, it takes time. And from the outside, we don't always see that. We only, we're only aware once we're actually aware of someone, right? So we look and we say, wow, look at them. They've come so far. They came out of nowhere. And then if you're like me, you compare yourself and say, well, why not me? Why is it taking so long for me? What am I doing wrong? I would love, uh, love, love, love to say that this is a beautiful discovery that I had on my own in some like reflective journaling moment, but it wasn't. And it took proof of my own to realize this. And so I would encourage for you to look in your life too, to see where Things have taken you time and you've been planting seeds all along and they've actually bloomed for you. Here's an example for me. You know, in November, I was asked to speak. I got an email to speak at an event based out of the UK and I had no idea how they found me. I was like, where, how, how did they find me in, in Vancouver during a pandemic? I, what? So I, I asked the host, I said, how did you find me? And he told me it was from a podcast episode that he, that he listened to and he heard me and he resonated and reached out. I recorded that podcast episode over three years ago, and this is what I've learned, that we're always planting seeds. When I look at the people who have now joined my community, uh, my mastermind, and the people that have invested with us as well, it's people that I've connected to, that I've known, or have been in touch with me often for years, or the very least months, or have been introduced from a friend. The people that I get to work with, it's, it's someone I met on a dance floor four years ago. It's somebody I met at a bachelorette party eight years ago. It's a person who introduced me one year ago uh, from a former client. It's a college roommate that's reconnected and wants support. It's a fellow mama friend who is passionate also about creating financial freedom, a love that we discovered over baby playtime two years ago. And having all this proof and realizing all these things has made such a powerful shift because it reminds me to continue planting seeds. It reminds me to to be a, a gardener, which is actually a terrible analogy because if you see my garden, you would know why. It is overrun with weeds and mint. But alas, I I really do think about this all the time, that we are planting seeds for the kinds of people that we want to be, for the kind of life that we want to live. And when you are clear on where you're going and who you want to be, and for me, this is I want to be a person with integrity, with heart, and someone who makes a difference. 
When you are clear on these things, then every day, every interaction you have, every email, every podcast, every post, everything you take in, everything you consume, everything you put out there, every speaking engagement, every, 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 everything, everyone I meet, I'm constantly planting seeds and so are you for the life that you want to be living, for the life that you are creating. And for me, that has shifted it. That's giving me every single day a new meaning and more reverence, more patience, and more purpose. It reminds me that every day that I am enough, that I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, and that as long as I'm doing things in alignment, that I'm doing the right things towards the life I want to be living and the person I want to be, then I'm exactly where I need to be. And that's my reminder for you. That's what I want to leave you with is that reminder that you right now, You may not have everything that you want. All of your goals may not have come true. But as long as you continue to show up, you continue to plant the seeds for what you want, for who you want to be, for the impact you want to have, the life you want to create, then you're doing exactly what you you must be doing. I'll wrap it up with this. You know, 2020 was the year an entire revenue stream in my business dried up. It was one where a lot of my clients were afraid, especially at the beginning. They canceled their memberships. It was the year of working from home. It was the year of trying to do it all without childcare, without support, without a village. That's that's the hard stuff. And there was also a lot of good stuff. 2020 was the year I finally outsourced at the level I wanted to and got the help that I deserved. And kudos to my amazing team. You guys are the best. Thank you. It was the year I stopped waiting for opportunities and started creating them for myself. It was the year I seriously considered quitting on every level, literally closing down the community, closing down the mastermind, and literally debated quitting my whole business. But I didn't. And instead, it became the year I recommitted to the work that I'm doing and the work that our our whole team is doing in supporting women to live a more aligned life. We're more committed now than ever before. And I believe the work that we're doing is more important than I even realized. 2020 is when we realize how powerful and how essential our community and our mastermind are to women that are a part of it. And most importantly, it's the year that I realized that we're all just planting seeds every day. They're not going to blossom immediately, but if you focus on the vision of who you want to be, how you want to impact, what you want to create, and how you can support others, and you continue to plant those seeds to show up, to be a good human, that things will come to life, that things will be your reality. I don't know about you but I'm certainly leaving 2020 much more humble, much more grateful, and slightly more patient, which feels like a really big deal. I'm leaving it a stronger human and entrepreneur, and I'm ready to keep figuring it out in 2021 and beyond. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If anything here spoke to you, I would love to hear it. Please take a moment, send me a message on Instagram, and if you really loved it, take a moment and leave us a written review. Until next time, Remember to keep planting the seeds in your life, the seeds of what you really want. Remember today to just take the next step towards who you want to be and the life you desire. It doesn't have to bloom today or this week or this year or heck, maybe not even this decade. But trust in what you're creating. Trust that you can do it. And my friend, keep going. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.